Dijon's got it again, turns the corner, makes people miss, makes one of those cuts, looking like Reggie Bush in the open field, number five still running, all the way to the one-yard line, Bijan Robinson showing you what he can do. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. We are here today for another prospect preview and today we are talking about a controversial prospect. No one knows how good he's going to be. Tough to evaluate so I brought in the big guns Dynasty dad to talk about the one the only Bijan Robinson. What's up? Hey how you doing brother? What you know when we first you first started doing the podcast you're like uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll get you on. We'll, we'll talk about who's your favorite prospect. And then you're like, no one wants to seem to cover B. John Robinson. It, I think it's just so we've, we've put him so high in dynasty values already. Like it seems so chalk where he's going to go. But there's so much more to dive into. Yeah, there is a lot to dive into for him. And, you know, most of these prospect previews, we like to go through the player's production profile. We like to go through where we have them in our rankings, the strengths and weaknesses on film. We're going to focus on that stuff a little bit less for Bijan because I I think it's pretty obvious for everyone. We know what he is. We know he's the RB1. What we're going to talk a lot about, we'll still cover that basic stuff, but I want to dive into some potential Bijan Robinson trades where you're valuing him against some of these top wide receivers already in the NFL, some of the top quarterbacks, stuff like that. And, you know, you have a great idea of the market and how to insulate value and make deals around the rookie draft time. So wanted to have you on to talk about that type of stuff. I'm excited to dive into that because I think we at Smash Except we did an entire podcast on it. And it's the biggest question of what do I do with that 101? Because, you know, you and I have talked about it in the past. The 101 is usually worth about 30% more than the 102. This year, it's at least 50%. Like it is some supreme value. Yeah, I'd say so. And I, I actually made a trade for the 101 yesterday that I do want to get your opinion on. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, let's start off and give some of the basics on Bijan Robinson, just for those who've been living under a uh, Patrick Starr-sized rock for the last few years. Uh, Bijan Robinson, five-star recruit, went to University of Texas. Uh, top five recruit of all time for running backs in 247's rankings. Really just an absolute stud. Uh, From the day he stepped on campus, he basically took over the lead role, uh, put up 700 yards as a freshman in only nine games, averaged over eight yards a carry. And from then on, it was just all wheels up. Last two years, he's put up over 2,700 yards, 29 touchdowns, added an extra 45 receptions for good measure. Really, statistically, there's not a lot not to like in Bijan Robinson's game. The one hole I might poke in it, would be only 19 receptions this last season. But let's focus on the positives to begin with. There's going to be more of those from the negatives. What did you like when reviewing Bijan's tape? There's not a lot not to like. I mean, you look at, he has that nice blend of size, speed, and power that you're looking for for your running back. He's absolutely relentless with the ball. When you see him go, he's always thrashing tacklers, trying to move forward. You know, this is the kind of guy that, We were looking at some things of like an Adrian Peterson type running back in the past, like just bulldozing, but he has, he's at 5'11", 215 frame, but he runs a 4'4", 640. I mean, this is someone that is, is the ultimate piece that we're looking for, right? I mean, we've talked about this is the most prolific running back in college since Saquon Barkley, and we have that same kind of buzz. He has the quick feet and straight line speed that like you, you just 
want. You know, he's a big play waiting to happen. And I think what you were saying, even as his weakness, if you look at him, he can spread out wide. His hands are phenomenal. I think it's a matter of usage in comparison to not being able to do it. I mean, I think 19 receptions shows that he can catch the ball. But like, if you look at some of the tape of the catches that he's making, where they're putting him, lining him up wide, this is someone that is just a perfect three down back. And I think it's just exciting to see what he's going to be able to do. Yeah. And he ran about 10% of his snaps last year from out wide. Um, Realistically, some of those numbers are slightly below what we'd love to see in terms of things like yards per route run. He's only in about the 50th percentile. His PFF receiving grade is only at about the 70th percentile, but we know what Bijan Robinson can do. And the truth is he's a good receiver. He's a capable receiver. I saw pretty actually, plus hands, I would say. And he's so good at running with the ball in his hands that he's going to get a massive amount of receiving work because you want to get him the ball in space. Moving back to some of his strengths, I mean, to me, it's the elusiveness. Like, yeah. he is absolutely nuts. Defenders just cannot take him down alone. You need three guys to get him. You need to trap him in. I don't know what's smaller than a phone booth, because if you put him in a phone booth, he's still going to get out of it. He's going to shake you. I love his vision in the hole he he has his preternatural ability to feel where the tacklers are coming from know exactly what to do to get by them and he has such a good kind of center of balance and keeping his knees and legs under him that he can string together these several moves bang 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 one two three in a row and really create something out of nothing i mean we've all seen a bunch of the plays where he exhibits his contact balance exhibits his strength i mean his best strength is that he he does not have a weakness i I grade people based on a one to 10 scale. And there is not a single measure where Bijan Robinson got less than an eight for me. And he is the only running back that I've graded since 2018 to achieve that, including Saquon Barkley, including Jonathan Taylor. He is just absolutely undisputed a future superstar. When you put the production profile next to the athletic profile, he is a a can't-miss prospect. Like we talked about, when you get him in open field, I mean, he's able to cut on a dime. Like for his size... It's got those natural quick tit, quick, ugh, quick twitch moves that are just phenomenal. I mean, he has he has the spin move, he has the stiff arm, he has the stutter step, everything in open space. That he's that guy that you know you you watch tape and as a linebacker and a safety, you don't want to try to make a tackle on him because you're you're going to wind up on a highlight film the other way around, you know. And I, I just the right system getting him involved in the passing game. We know that he's a very well-balanced runner. You know, he's able to run with ease. He's great in between the tackles. He's great to the outside. I mean, there's very few weaknesses as far as him as a running back. When you get him in out in the open field, though, he's he's impossible to take down. Absolutely. And, you know, to me, it's the ability to accelerate on a dime. It's the ability, like you said, to switch his rushing lanes. I like it because he can succeed when the play is perfectly blocked and he can succeed when the play is terribly blocked. So Mm -hmm. Texas, I mean, Quinn Ewers was pretty terrible last year, you know, 59% completion percentage. Other than Xavier Worthy, they didn't have a whole lot of weapons down the field. They were loading the box. The teams playing Texas were loading the box with eight men constantly. They knew they were trying to get Bijan the ball. Bijan was still getting the ball, you know, 22 times a game on the ground and Some people are like, you know, only 6.1 yards a carry. That's a pretty average number. But when you look at the film, Bijan was making the most out of nothing, and he was making the most out of something. Uh, If we want to talk about one weakness, 
this is the only thing I really have marked down as a weakness is sometimes he got a little bit too greedy in terms of what lane he wants to pick. There were times he would stutter a little bit in the backfield, try to look for the cutback lane, try to get 20 yards when he should just get eight. Now the thing is he's good enough that oftentimes he would pick the wrong hole and still beat the guys. But that's one small thing that in the NFL, maybe you'd like him to just play a little bit more to how the play is actually schemed up. But and Very the, small weakness. I'm not worried about it. The moves that he has, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot, and I don't, I don't want to go too far. The way Barry Sanders moved in the open field, like those are yeah. some of the things. And we all know that Barry Sanders was going to try to make that home run hit sometimes, you know, and I did see that on his tape too. Sometimes it was a matter of just trying to make it a home run instead of taking the four yards that was right in front of him. The other thing that stuck out to me that I really liked that is is very underutilized and and from from guys coming into the NFL, he is a phenomenal pass blocker. Like yeah. he is a consistent pass blocker and has an instinct to pick up pass rushers. I mean, he was he did a fantastic job of that. And we see so many prospects coming into the NFL now where they're like, look at his tape, see what he does, and then all of a sudden you see he can't pass block. And th- this is a guy that's a true three down workhorse that's not going to come off the field at all. You know, he yeah. is going to be the prototypical type running back. Absolutely. And that's so rare in today's NFL, which is why Bijan has so much value. And we'll get into exactly what his value is compared to some other positions, because there's really just no one at his position to compare him to at this point. Just to give a few metrics that I absolutely love. So since 2018, I basically have all of the running backs in my database who have gotten any type of draft capital, even seventh round draft capital, uh, about 240 running backs. Bijan Robinson, 99th percentile in elusive rating. 98th percentile in yards after contact per attempt, 96th percentile in adjusted yards per team's attempt, 100th percentile in the avoided tackle rate, and 100th percentile in the PFF run grade. He's just the best. I mean, you can argue Jonathan Taylor. You can argue Saquon Barkley. Uh, As far as my film grade goes, I have a generational tier, and those three are the only three in the generational tier. There are kind of decimal points separating them. I technically have Bijan as my third ranked running back behind Saquon and Jonathan Taylor, but that's really not important at this point. Like Mm -hmm. he is just that guy. He's going to be that guy. He's never going to come off the field. And I I mean, I'd like to get into talking about maybe player comps and where we think he might go into the draft a little bit because my boy Dynasty Jacobian's been pumping up. He's going to go higher in the draft than people expect. There's all these, you know, math nerds like me and you who are saying all right he should be going at pick 25 he's gonna go to dallas at 26 this guy might go top 10 because yeah all it takes is one gm and you can build an offense around him the same way that you could do it around a top level wide receiver if he is really going to be as good as adrian peterson as good as saquon barkley's been at his best it might not be the best value and monetary decision to pay a running back 10 million a year and draft him in the top 10 but I could easily see it happen. Yeah, I mean, you look at the right now the current odds. Even when you go on FanDuel, Dallas is number one at plus five hundred. You got the Chargers at plus six hundred. Washington, Houston, um, Jacksonville, which is crazy to me. New England, you know, and I, I I see all these different areas. And the biggest thing I take away is wherever he goes, we have to look at it as like. And I know this is this is several years back, but he's gonna 
absolutely ruined someone's dynasty value. You know, you look yeah. at Zach Stacy several years ago, and then Todd Gurley comes in. And Zach Stacy was a fine running back, you know, and he, mm-hmm. he had a great, I think he had a thousand yards as a rookie, but it's like, oh, you get a chance to get a Todd Gurley, you get a chance to get a Bijan Robinson. It doesn't matter who's in place, you know, and I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is wherever he goes, I think he's really going to succeed. They're going to make him the focal point of the offense, but where he goes, that secondary piece is literally going to just have a dynasty value that's devastated. Yeah, absolutely. So if he goes top, I mean, there are a few teams in the top 10, Atlanta at eight, Chicago at nine, Philly at 10 and Tennessee at 11. And this would be if Tennessee trades Derek Henry, which I I think might happen on draft day. Those are smash landing spots. I mean, can you imagine if he ends up in Atlanta with Pitts of London and that Arthur Smith offense, if he lands up at number 10 with Jalen fucking Hurts, sorry, Jalen freaking Hurts, like I I don't even know, like his dynasty value, which is already a first round startup pick, is going to go even higher if he ends up in a place like Philly. Yeah, and as an Eagles fan, that's something that I've almost... uh talked about too much in the Patreon chat and on the podcast. People are like, yo, dad, just chill. It's not going to happen. But I don't think there's a spot where, you know, if you take him in Atlanta there, people, I posted that the other day and someone's like, well, Tyler Algiers is still there. We're talking about Algiers, <laughs> who's a guy, you know, what, fourth, fifth round draft capital compared to a B. John Robinson, who's a obviously a generational talent. And that's the word that nobody, you know, it's become such a cliche, but this is really a generational talent. This isn't just yeah. using the word. This is someone that's going to, replace someone and I I love the Tennessee idea you know of moving off Derrick Henry um there's so many I, I saw an NFL network they were talking about you know pairing him with Austin Eckler with the Chargers and I'm like okay we want a scenario where we want him to go to the right spot for me I, I think it would be awesome if he I mean I want him in Philadelphia bad but most of these spots and I'm hearing a lot of New England buzz right now. New England talking about changing things up. And that one scares me. That's the yeah. only one where I'm like, you're going to pair him with Ramondre Stevenson. And, you know, let's try to avoid the Belichick incident. But everyone else, he's going to smash. He is literally going to be a smash prospect. So so I'm a Patriots fan. And New England, like, listen, uh, we haven't had a skill position player that I've been excited about since I was basically in middle school or in, you know, freshman year of high school and Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah. We haven't had a player to be excited about since then. Like Gronk's a tight end. Obviously he's kind of a skill position guy, but it just, New England hasn't had that. I don't see them investing in Bijan Robinson. I know there's a lot of noise about it. The one thing that I will say is that the Patriots rarely make a lot of noise about who they're interested in before the draft. I think it's all a smoke screen, but to me, the floor and where he's going to get drafted is right around the middle of the first uh, Washington commanders at 16 to me is kind of a logical floor. I don't see him falling past Detroit at 18 or Tampa at 19. Um, I don't see what Dallas is going to happen. I, I think that's just like everyone says, Oh, Jerry Jones wants B. genre. Like it doesn't matter. Like it, yeah. unless he pays a future first to trade up to the mid first round, they're not going to get him at 26. Yeah, and I, I see that all over the place of in the in that twenty one to twenty six range. And I'm with you. I think he goes fifteen or higher and could easily be top ten. And I know we haven't had that for years. You know, I mean yeah. there was always that when Saquon Barkley went, you know, as early as he did, there was a lot of blowback about what that does for the franchise. And I think this year we have especially a team like the Eagles, they're already set. I mean at if you're a Super Bowl contender and you add someone like Bijan Robinson after Miles Sanders leaves, I mean you are right there, if not better. 
And that's a really good segue into the value discussion that I want to have with you, which is if you are not a fantasy Super Bowl contender and you have the 101, I mean, listen, some teams have the 101 because they traded for it. That's great. Some teams successfully are going to pull off the one-year punt from last year or the one-year rebuild that you and I have talked about in past podcasts, and they're ready to add Bijan to a team that's going to take that next step and contend. But there's probably at least half the teams that have the 101 are at least a year or two away from competing. Now, whether they know that or not, who knows? But that's probably the truth. So if you have the 101 and you have a team that is not ready to compete and you're looking to move off Bijan, what is your first task? Who, who are you targeting in that range? That's a great question because that's one where when, when I, people are sending me these questions, they're like, should I make this trade? I have successfully helped negotiate dozens of trades to get rid of Bijan Robinson. And I know that sounds crazy because we're talking about he's a generational talent. And if you're in a rebuild and you're in that spot where you're not going to win for this year and maybe not next year, you're taking two prime years away from from a running back that is a more volatile position. So, you know, recently I, I did a deal with a guy. We talked about it. And, you know, he's going to go into year two of the punt. Uh, and he's going to try to get Caleb Williams with the 101, and we're going to create that positional void at running back. So we dealt the 101 for Chris Olave and a top three to four 24 first. And for me, if you got a chance to get Chris Olave and maybe Marvin Harrison and then improve your first to be able to to get Caleb Williams, like you absolutely dominated that trade. And the other guy's going to be happy too because he gets B. John Robinson. Uh, another one I did the other day, um, was the guy we we did Drake London and the 103, and then he's he wants JSN in that area. So it's it's a matter of I'm trying to move into that area to get one of those top ten wide receivers in dynasty, which is kind of you know that that whole landscape has changed. Obviously, you're not getting. I, I've even gone as far as like the volatility of a running back is is a little bit scary. He goes in that 109 range in startups, which is sandwiched between Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And yeah. I, I've I've had a couple guys where I, I talked him into, we gave up Bijan in a 24 second for Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson is literally the safest position player there is. You know, he should be the 101 in a one quarterback league. He is as yeah. safe as he gets. And the ceiling's right there. So, I mean, there we, we're already taking and drafting B. John Robinson at his ceiling at 109 because there's, there's not much else to go up. We talk about taking those seven big-time quarterbacks, then taking Jefferson and Chase, and now we're at a spot where it's like you're drafting B. John that if he isn't Saquon Barkley from this year or last year, or, you know, if he isn't Christian McCaffrey, when he's that RB one through five every year, you're almost depreciating some of that value that you could potentially get there. And I, th- those wide receivers that I'm trying to move right now, I, I've had a couple where I've got CD Lamb even up. I think CD Lamb's worth the 101. Guys yeah. that I think are worth the equivalent of the 102 would be AJ Brown and Waddle. I'd be moving, you know, trying to get a little bit of plus there. And then even your Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Olave. Drake London, or even trying to move into where you would draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you get those guys plus a first, and I, for you guys that don't listen to Smash Except, we always talk about insulated trades. That Olave trade is Olave could be, and I think will be, you know, a second round startup value next year, if not creeping towards that first round. I think he's a second round startup, but then you get that 24 first. And if that's top three, top four, that's a top four round draft capital. So now all of a sudden you're getting a guy who's in the second round, guys in the fourth round for a guy that's in the first round. And both of them could be big, big hits. 
Yeah, absolutely. As far as trading down, if you're not ready to compete, that's exactly what I would do. First of all, the best piece that you get back cannot be worse than Drake London, let's say. Like that's, yeah. that's Oh yeah, like, I wouldn't go outside that top 10. Like I am not touching cuz people say, "Hey, what about what about T Higgins? You know, what about Michael Pittman plus?" No, no, no. Like no. this is where you're at. And as far as running backs if I'm trading back, I don't want lower than Kenneth Walker on my chart. You know, like I want I want I, I'm not taking McCaffrey in any kind of deal for for Bijan. I mean, I want Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and that's about it. You know, like this is where you got to move back. And I actually got a deal done where I got Kenneth Walker in a 24 first for him. And I think yeah. that that is very feasible right now. Yeah, I, I like that because Bijan Robinson, unlike most rookies, he's going to be a top five redraft running back. Absolutely. Like he, he's going to walk in the league as one of the best running backs. He's going to have a bell cow role. Obviously depends on the team, but it doesn't really because any team that's willing to take him in the top half of the first round is going to give him the ball right from the jump. The other thing that I would look to do if you're a team that's not ready to compete and you mentioned trading up to a Jefferson or Chase, you could also look to trade up to one of those quarterbacks because those top quarterbacks are so safe. So Personally, I would take Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Fields out of this discussion because mm-hmm. if I'm the worst team in the league, those quarterbacks are really focused on their running game, which means more of their value, whether it's accurate or not, is going to be put into their current production. But if you can go out, add something small, get Justin Herbert, get Trevor Lawrence, get Joe Burrow, absolutely a move I would make. A move that I made recently, actually, I acquired Bijan Robinson and gave up Joe Burrow to do it. Um, I got a lot on top. Basically, the crux of the deal was Joe Burrow for the 101 and Drake London. Um, in addition to that, I basically got Derek Carr, Wandale Robinson, and a late second for Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. But mm-hmm. the point of the deal was essentially to move off of Joe Burrow. I had Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Trey Lance needed to move off one of those quarterbacks was able to get both Drake London and Bijan Robinson. So from my perspective, better positional values for me, I get just as much upside, just as much youth, but looking at it from the other guy's perspective, I don't blame him either. He paired Joe Burrow with Josh Allen. He is heading into the beginning of a rebuild where Bijan Robinson isn't going to help him this year. So Mm -hmm. to me, that was a pretty good example of a win-win trade and how you can look to acquire Bijan and how you can look to trade him and get one of these top QBs. I think the biggest thing, and I know I know how you operate and I know how I operate, is not going in. I mean, some people are just offering, have the conversation. What do you want for B. John Robinson? What are we doing for the 101? How can I help you? A lot of people are making just low ball offers on B. John Robinson, or if they have B. John Robinson, they're cold making offers of trying to get five times what they're worth because they saw that on, on Twitter. you know. And I think I really like your trade there because for you, it's about – you know, working together with the other owner. But at the same time, it's also about disguising how you're moving around. I mean, I know when you first started that trade, it was more like London and, you know, you, you tried to move around a little bit. And I know yeah. in that particular trade, you essentially were trying to get London in the 101, but then you got Carr instead of Cooper. You know, you got Elijah, and you got Wandale in the 212 instead of Elijah. I think those are multiple wins within one trade. You know, yeah. I think that that's what people don't pay attention to enough in Dynasty is trying to, negotiate those extra wins. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about Bijan Robinson's value, I I read an interesting thread. I'm sorry, I can't give credit to who it was because I just don't remember. But if you look at the last few draft classes, 
the top running backs are going after the top receivers. Like mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and C.D. Lamb, and A.J. Brown are going ahead of any running back drafted. That includes Brees Hall, who some would argue was a generational player. That includes Jonathan Taylor. That includes Christian McCaffrey. That includes Kenneth Walker. So there is some value fragility where you look at Jonathan Taylor. He had one slightly down year because the team was honestly a mess. He was a little bit injured. That's all it takes for a running back to drop, you know, 12 picks or so in startup value. Jonathan Taylor was going at the 106, 107 last year. Now he's going at the 207. So there is some risk to be John Robinson because running backs just lose value once they hit age 25. They basically fall off that cliff unless you're Christian McCaffrey. So if you're not using Bijan Robinson to win right now, I would absolutely trade him. And like you said, the hidden impact of trading him is you can go get the number one hundred one next year because Caleb Williams next year, where do you think he's going to go in startup drafts? Do you think he's going to go ahead of where Bijan is this year? I think he's like one hundred eight. Obviously, yep. like I, I've been trying to get people's opinion there, and I, the quarterbacks that are ahead of him right now, ahead of Bijan, I don't think are going to move around much. I think those guys are going to stay there for the most part, and I think Caleb Williams is worth, it. and that's why the rebuild process, and that's why getting your own first is is just huge. Because if you had Bijan this year, you get a haul, right? If you get Caleb Williams, you either keep him or you get a haul. And to your point about Jonathan Taylor, I mean, like, yeah, he went from the one hundred six, now he's a two hundred six. He tears his ACL this year. He's the 406. You know, yeah. like, that's just what happens with a running back's life, as opposed to Justin Jefferson. If he tears his ACL, he's still a first round pick next year. You know, like that's just the way of the beast. That's what happens with running backs. They're easily, more easily replaced than an elite wide receiver like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and looking at Caleb Williams now, I mean, people are already valuing him over the likes of Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. I think by this time next year, he's likely to be valued above Lamar Jackson, potentially Justin Fields, potentially yeah. Justin Herbert if he is another down year. Like Caleb Williams could easily be that top eight pick that you're referring to. I think his floor is basically where Bijan Robinson is right now. So yeah. obviously, I'm not saying trade Bijan for a future first that would just be ridiculous but it's an added benefit of trading Bijan get some value if you can get a Lave and a first that's projected pretty early next year great deal to do if you can get you know a Lave plus a T Higgins or plus a Garrett Wilson something like that make your pick better next year definitely a good route to go down yeah, and I think this year it's I I, I love Jameer Gibbs as as well as I, but there's like such a, a separation between the RB1 and the RB2 and I think there's there's a scenario where you can get a ton on top of that cuz I think he is going to be have a fantastic you know fantasy career very very similar to you know Kamara in the sense of being that pass catcher and it might have a little bit more longevity than Bijan Robinson because Saquon was that can't miss prospect but Saquon's value's been all over the board. You know, like yeah. we've had him as a rookie. It was approaching first round startup value. And then, you know, a couple off years, a couple injuries. And right now, you know, even though he is only, what, 25, he's, he's a four, you know, third, fourth round pick just because he's had a couple years that weren't fantastic. But it is important to note that we might be getting a slight discount on Bijan because of what happened to Saquon. Because mm-hmm. for those of us who were playing Dynasty in 2018 when, B- when Saquon was coming out, he was going in the top three of Superflex startups as a rookie. He was going way higher than Bijan is right yeah. now. But because of what happened to him, because of what happened to Jonathan Taylor, I mean, the number four and fifth ranked guy in my models are Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift. And we know what's happened to them with injuries and playing concerns. So 
there's a lot of reasons that running backs are falling. A lot of that, you know, there's a lot of merit behind it, but we might be getting a slight discount on Bijan because if you look at what, for instance, Christian McCaffrey has done, that has been more valuable than what any quarterback has done over the last five, six years in fantasy Mm -hmm. because McCaffrey is putting up 10 plus more points per game than the RB5. And that's something that even Mahomes and Allen can't quite replicate. So if you're really getting a guy who's putting up 2,000 all-purpose yards, 60 receptions, and 20 touchdowns, that is just a different level of production that you can't get from running backs the way that you can find, you know, a Kirk Cousins to get, you know, seven or eight points less than a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I think Christian McCaffrey is an interesting one because I I did actually – help consult on a trade with that where he's getting Christian McCaffrey and a what looks to be a mid 24 first plus a Chris Godwin you know and if you're if you're all all in and you get Christian McCaffrey and I know it it hurts if Christian McCaffrey goes down to injury but there is a so many different trades like if you are making a trade and you have Bijan Robinson in years past we've always said wait till you're on the clock but I mean how much more can it really go up you know like don't trade don't under trade him right now because that value is is going to stay very fluid. But if you get some offers that really change your dynasty team, I mean, there's so many times we talk about in startups, if you have Mahomes or Josh Allen and you trade back to where last year where I was trading to where I was getting Jalen Hurts, plus, 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 now all of a sudden you're in this area where you had that golden ticket, you cashed in, and it moved you into that area. But to that point, it's like we got to have those top 10 wide receivers, and there's like three to four running backs I want in that area as well. So if you're a contending team, let's look at this from the other side of the ledger for a minute. Is it worth trying to acquire Bijan Robinson or should you go after a guy like Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley for a smaller price? I'm definitely, I, I believe and I'm really into investing in your wide receivers and filling in with running backs that are on, on the cheaper scale. I mean, right now you can get, and I, I know it feels different, but you can get Austin Eckler for the 107. You can get Josh Jacobs for like 109. And, and those are areas in the draft where we're not super excited about what's falling to that area. I got Kenneth Walker. I gave the 108 and a 24 first. I like, I feel like the price difference of what you have to pay for Bijan is, is it's almost like if you don't get him in a startup, it, it's almost too much. You know, like it is going to be crazy price that you should be investing in your quarterback you should be investing in upside wide receivers because I like to build my teams around those wide receivers get those top 10 guys and most of my teams have three or two or three of those guys and then I'm gonna get I mean the value of of running backs right now I mean there are guys like that you can fill in for second round picks there are guys that are going to have fantastic redraft seasons if you're all in where you can buy Derrick Henry for the 112, Dalvin Cook for the 202, Alvin Kamara for the 204, and those are guys that are going to put up points that will put you in the right position. So just like last year with Brees Hall, I think Bijan Robinson is about timing. You bought Brees Hall when he got injured. You didn't buy him when he was the 101. Yeah, exactly. And and the one thing I would add to that is that I've had some people ask me, you know, should I trade Bijan Robinson for – uh, Tony Pollard or Ramondre Stevenson plus a few firsts. Now that that's a deal that on paper might be decent value, but any deal where you're acquiring any running back outside the top, let's say six or seven, you got to wait until the draft because Bijan Robinson might end up on the same team as Tony Pollard or Ramondre Stevenson. So yeah. you can't be making a deal where two weeks or three weeks from now you're instantly losing value. 
that would just be an absolute kind of catastrophic situation. So you really got to avoid that. Right. That Um, would absolutely crush you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Any other thoughts on Bijan Robinson before I throw some, uh, some quick fire uh, yes or no trades and, you know, uh, instant responses. No, I think that's, I I just think you got to keep an open mind when you're making these kind of trades. You have to honestly assess your team and be like, am I ready to have Bijan Robinson here? Am I going to try to, because if you took Jonathan Taylor, his rookie year, and then you weren't ready for two years, then you were in a spot where you weren't necessarily winning. And we talk a lot about, you know, having the profile and the projected points in there where you're putting together the roster that is going to ultimately help you win because it's a lot of luck in dynasty. You know, you're not always going to be in that spot. One thing I do want to touch on, which is kind of the one weakness in Robinson's game, is his long speed. Um, he ran a four four six forty, a one point five two ten yard split. That's you know above average. It's quite good, but it's not elite. It's not Chris Johnson. It's not a young Todd Gurley. Uh, yeah. Not not even Derrick Henry. Do you care about this, and why? Yes or no? I mean. You care about it for for your breakaway speed, but I think it's not going to affect his game at at all as far as, you know, Chris Johnson was an absolute athletic freak, Derrick Henry as well, and Bijan's not quite at that level when you're talking about physicality and, and his and his, you know, athletic profile, but he is top 10%, you know, and I think we're starting to we, we start to try to find warts on players that because they're so good, you know, and Saquon, or sorry, now I'm going backwards. But I mean, he Bijan is that good that we're just trying to trying to nitpick some things where I have him as my dynasty RB one, and frankly, it's not really that close right now. Definitely agree, Terra Zone. So uh, let's throw out some uh, rapid fire questions for you. Top of your head, number one, uh, Bijan Robinson player comp. I think I think it's got to be Saquon Barkley. I mean, I think it prime Saquon Barkley, but a little bit of Barry Sanders in there, and that's some crazy high praise. Yeah, the other guy I'd like to throw in there is Adrian Peterson as a player that he reminds me of. But you know, same same track there. I, I was blown away when I looked at the three year, you know, comparison between Adrian Peterson and Bijan Robinson. And Adrian Peterson was the best college player that I remember witnessing. You know, like yeah. I was too, I'm, I'm too young to really know Barry Sanders. But you look at the three years, both of them had 4,200 rushing yards. Both of them had 41 and 42 touchdowns. The difference is 170 less touches for Bijan Robinson to put up the same numbers as Adrian Peterson did. And he was phenomenal. And by the way, Adrian Peterson came out of the draft and put up RB4, RB4, RB2, RB2, RB8, RB1, RB8, and RB2 uh, in his first whatever number of seasons I just said. So Bijan Robinson, if he stays healthy, you'll be buying into a guy like that. We know Adrian Peterson tore his ACL at age 29, came back and put up 231 fantasy points a season after RB2 overall that season. So that would be quite the career path for uh, for Bijan. Um, other than Philly, What team do you want to see him end up at? I think what we talked about before, and especially if other players are moved, if Eckler's move, I would love to see him with the Chargers. If Derrick Henry's moved, I would love to see him with with Tennessee. I think those are ideal landing spots. And if he's not moved, I mean, I kind of, I really like the Atlanta spot. I think Atlanta would be great for him. All right. Um, Rapid fire. Let's assume you don't know what your team is. Bijan or CD? CD because I want to build around the wide receiver and I, I think we're just I know rapid fire but I want to keep going it's, I love CD Lamb Bijan or Deshaun Oof. 
I'm drafting Bijan and then flipping him for Deshaun Watson because Watson's that guy. I think it hasn't quite hit where he, his market value should be. Bijan or Kenneth Walker and Cooper Cup. Kenneth, I'm on a Kenneth Walker train right now. I, I'm taking. I think Cooper Cup ultimately starts getting up more towards that 105 range than what he is right now in that 107, 108, and I think that's. I think that's good value. Okay, uh, Bijan and Drake London or Josh Allen. Ooh, I think it's Josh Allen. I think if we get past Allen and Mahomes, I'd consider it for Jalen. I'd do it for Herbert or Burrow. Okay. And and that's the trade I just made for Burrow. Uh, a few more for you. Bijan or three random 2024 firsts? Bijan, not even close. And that's one that we get thrown out there. I, I always put in my value charts, you look at it and yeah, Bijan is worth three firsts. Just like you say, Justin Jefferson is worth three firsts, but they're not random. One of them has to be a can't miss. So like we talk about that, if it's the 101 through 103 this year, or, you know, we it has to be something premium, no randoms. What about four random ones? <laughs> what if it's what if it's nine through twelve, man? Like that's that's the the run. It's true. It's true. Right. I oh man, that is a tough one. I, I feel like no ones were really outside of Mahomes and Josh Allen are worth four. But I, I, think, I think I'm taking the four in that case. I, because, I would. Yeah. I'm just hoping. Statistically, I have a 33% chance that they're going to either be mid or or earlier in that area. I mean, statistically, so. you have a 33% chance of one of them being the 101, basically. Yeah. 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 So, and and you have a you know much better chance than that of one of them being you know either Caleb May or uh, yeah. Marvin Harrison. So you get yeah, those four first, you're rebuilding hard, and then you're going to make yeah. sure you get Caleb Williams. So let's do that. All right, last one I got for you: uh, half, half tight end premium, Bijan or Kyle Pitts and Josh Jacobs. Bijan, I think I, I like Kyle Pitts. I think he 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 moves up there, but it's not a smash, you know. Like I think if it's Kelsey two years ago, like we're going Kelsey, but Pitts just yep. isn't quite there yet for me. Yep, fair enough. All right, that's all I got for you. You got anything else before we sign off? No, I mean I this has been a blast. I I know you've jumped on my podcast several times. I had a good time, and uh, make sure you guys check us out over at Smash Accept. Our, our Patreon's really bumping and doing a lot of fun things, putting out threads and adding new guys to the team daily. So, you know, thanks for having me on. It was a good time. Yeah, definitely make sure to check out the Smash Accept Pod. Uh, check out Dynasty Dad at his new Twitter handle. It's at Dynasty Dad FF with no yep. underscore this time, right? No, no more underscore. Yeah, I'm yeah. out of out of Twitter jail. Yeah, he he was causing too much trouble on these Twitter speed, uh, streets. He, Elon actually confronted him personally, told him that he'd be banned from Twitter permanently. However, uh, his advanced uh, tools did not pick up that he just got rid of the underscore. So Dynasty yeah. Dad is back. You know, it was the Jalen Hurts thing. I told everybody to buy him. Elon was buying him as well. And then he missed him for the fantasy playoffs in a million-dollar ah. league. We do the $50 buy-ins. He was in a million-dollar buy-in league. So I think he took offense to it. I get that. I get that. You know, it's tough to piss someone off with that much power, but definitely check out all of dad's work. I've been on his pod. He's going to definitely be on mine in the future. I I think we, we got something in the works for a post NFL draft pod Uh, might be doing it live or semi live. We'll, uh, we'll see what's going on there, but got a lot more going on. Uh, This has been the Bijan Robinson prospect preview. Definitely uh, check out the rest of my podcast feed. I'm going to have prospect previews coming out literally every single day might have to go to the weekends because i just have so many uh banked right now over 20 analysts i've already done this with been awesome to get different perspectives and 
it was great to have you on uh, to discuss kind of the market value aspect of it, which I know is kind of where both of us thrive. So thanks so much to all the listeners for listening and we'll be back very shortly.